As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Rob Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Shooter Magooter. What's up, dude? Finally feeling back to normal. Um, had that nice, terrible, terrible weather rain game on Sunday. Uh, let me just tell you what happened. Yeah, let, let me hear the story. You ever do something when... You've got plans on like the weekend or something coming up and you already know what you're going to wear like five days before. Sure. There's no weather pending and obviously it's an outdoor event, so I'm a fucking moron. But I already had decided I'm wearing the overalls that we got from FOCO. Shout out FOCO. Shout out FOCO that were lovely. Really excited to wear them out. Got pumped about it. Wore a sweatshirt underneath. Put a shirt under there. Thought I was going to be fine. I got down there for a four o'clock game at like noon. It started raining within the hour. Oof. And I was there until because of the overtime. I didn't get out of there till like 820. It was so, it was almost eight hours of being outside in 38 degree weather, downpour rain. It was awful. It's amazing you didn't get sicker, honestly. I honestly, yeah, I got sick for two days and I finally started feeling better this morning. And at least I could circle like how I got sick if there's nothing else, but quite, it's so funny. So I don't know. We might have to bring this to Foco's attention because I got sick. When I went to the Phillies game, because <laughs> I wore the overalls with no shirt underneath, and it was like 48 degrees. Yeah. So we're two What's for wrong two. With us? <laughs> we're fucking stupid. Well, fashion's paying, dude. Well, the, the worst part is that I was at the tailgate, and everybody else was so bundled up with huge winter jackets and all this other stuff, and I'm laughing at them like, you don't even know. This looks so good. I'm going to be warm enough. I was... Honestly, I, I, I've never gone into a game earlier than I did on Sunday. I went into the game at 2.30. Just to try to get out of the cold. Just rain. to get out of the cold so I could get up on the concourse, eat some food, and try to warm up. And honestly, go to the pro shop so I could buy uh, scarves, or a scarf, gloves, and this jacket. That jacket makes, uh, not really, everything you it's purchase rain seems jacket. to get wet. Yeah, well, no, this is sort of, I, I guess it's a windbreaker, but I mean, one, it's sick. Two, it's it's a really cool, yeah. It, no, I like it. it kept the rain off of me, but like, it didn't matter. It was so wet the entire time. And of course, and like, look, it was one of the most fun games that I've been to in years, but it had to go to overtime. Like, we had, had to, to stay out there and it just keeps getting colder and colder. And it was just, you know what? It was miserable. I'm not going to lie. It was terrible. But, but the game was great. You could say, and there's no evidence against this, because you stuck it out the whole time, we won. I, I had that thought at some point in the fourth, fourth quarter when, one, I was thinking about our listeners. Because we always get tweets about how the, everybody's watching and knowing that we're getting excited. And I said, this is a really cool game to be at. This is kind of like a snow game a couple of years ago where there's just snow and there's nothing you could do about it. What are you going to do? Leave? No, you can't leave. So just embrace it. Yep. So now I'm texting people and I'm like, embrace the rain. This is so much fun. You were texting our group was, saying, I'm embr I've embraced the cold. And yeah, I was, I was cursing our friends who were in the suite. Like, get out in the rain, losers. You need to get wet like the rest of us. But yeah, I mean, I, I paid for it. And I heard, I'm not going this Sunday, but I heard it's going to rain again on Sunday. So you're going to the game on Sunday, that sucks. Bundle up. Bundle wear some up. waterproof things so that you uh -huh. don't get sick. Yep. And if you do wear the overalls, just wear something over them 
to uh, compliment them to keep you warm in that. Yeah, or under, I, you know, whatever you want to do to make sure that you can show the overalls off because that was my downfall. I still had the pants aspects that was still showing. They actually stayed pretty dry, which is weird. Nice. But yeah, no, I mean, because they're like baseball pants. It's like what they're made out of. But yeah, next game I'm going to is down to Dallas. So I get to go down that dumpster and do the same thing that you do every time that we go to Dallas. I can't wait for you to post this. I'm story so excited to do it. It's funny because I'll be down there on the, t- when are you going? Uh, leaving the 8th. All right, so I'm going on the 20th, so we'll have back-to-back stories. Hopefully, they got the trash out of the airport in Dallas. I doubt it, because there's usually just piles and piles of Dude, trash. I'm, I'm going to the Waste Management Center of of uh, Texas. Yeah. That's... Arlington, the AT&T Stadium. Oh, is it really? I didn't even know that. AT&T Stadium, yeah. Waste Management. Oh, I get it. Yeah, there you go. Damn it. I'm a little slow it's today. Okay. You got okay. to bear with me. My mind's not firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I had a... Uh... I've just had a long week, you know? It's just been a long week. It's been, but it's Tuesday. My issue, I know. It's Wednesday. I don't know what day it is. See? <laughs> but my thing is, like, I expected to have an easy week, yep. and then it was not. And there's nothing worse than when you're expecting an easy week, and then you don't get an easy week, because yep. then it, like, doubles down. But today, I got outside. It was freezing. I had to do a bunch of yard work. Like, an hour and a half, I had to buy a tarp and then drag all the leaves to the front, then repile the leaves by the curb because Philly sucks up, or Lafayette Hill sucks the leaves up. You yeah. Know, they drive by. And... That's, that's pretty cool. That's the back. That's the noise. Yeah, I yeah. like that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, a little yard work, that's that's part of just being a suburban dad, you know? Look, I love yard work. It's cathartic. It's therapeutic. When it's it 38 when it's degrees and windy, that, yeah. no, nah, I, I don't fuck with it. Yeah. But... And then the leaves are all blown around, too, in the wind, and there's nothing. you can Like, you put it in the tarp, and then, like, the top layer comes off because yeah. the, you get a strong gust. That didn't happen as much because okay, there was good. enough moisture to hold them together. The problem was when you hit them with the leaf blower yeah. to get them onto the tarp. They'll move. If the wind's going the other way, they just go up and straight yep. down. But hey, I love being a homeowner. It's great. Well, look, we're sitting in. We got a little fireplace here. So the bros are settling down, getting a little warm. Nothing we're like cozy, it. or you could say we're a little brosy right now. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> but... But before we get into the Bravo, we have a major announcement to make. This is one of the most exciting announcements that I've ever made on this show. We have our own live show January 25th in New York City at the Green Room 42. It's in Times Square. The bros are headlining. It's our very first venture into this. We've always done shows with Zach. He's been the headliner. This is our show. Yeah, we get to do whatever the hell we want. Oh, yeah. And we are so excited. Just to break it down for you, what we're going to do at our show is very much what you listen to here. We're going to break down, I think, Vanderpump. We're getting into Vanderpump season. Yep. So we're going to break down the most recent episode of Vanderpump. We're going to give you our opinions of the current news. We're going to have some special guests so that they can join us to talk about it. We're going to have some Bravo liberties. It's going to be an absolute blast. But hey. We desperately need your support. Right, Shooter? We certainly do. We're going to be sitting down. You're going to be able to see, honestly, just how many times we screw up while we're going through (laughs) all of this. And we're not going to be able to do anything. It's going to be completely unplugged. So you can get your tickets. Make sure you go to thegreenroom42.venuetix.com or go to the link in our Instagram bio or our Twitter bio or our TikTok bio. The link will be present everywhere. 
click that link, buy a ticket, come support us, please. We want to do live shows pretty much every month. Yeah, honestly, and we can go wherever the hell we want as long as this first these first couple pan out pretty well. We can start coming to a city near you. Damn you can right. buy, I think, up into eight tickets. You can Get buy a whole crew. Come on. Bring your friends. Bring your mom. Jokes aside, I am so excited for this opportunity. Shooter is so excited for this opportunity. We want you guys to come out, support. We want to do a million live shows. So let's make this first one a banger. Buy your tickets. Come support us. Come hang out in New York City with us. Let's make this the first of many. Go buy your tickets. Click that link in the bio. And we love you so much. See you soon. It is our midweek episode. If you have not listened to our Tuesday episode, we dropped an interview with Craig. It was an absolute blast. All the feedback we've gotten thus far has been amazing. So do yourself a favor. Go and watch it on YouTube or listen to wherever you get your podcasts. We're hoping to bring him back for a monthly segment. You'll hear about that on the episode. But I get conspiracies with Craig because we had a... <laughs> Arguably way too much fun talking about conspiracy theories. But if we could do that monthly, that would be ideal for me. I think so. what we can do is we can do it every so often, but we could just sit. I mean, honestly, we could sit with Craig for like three hours and just talk about whatever. We could do that and just cut like little segments out of it. And then we'll just plug it in randomly and just throw oh, yeah. it into a normal episode. Hey, you know, it's a little slow. Obviously, right now there's a lot going on, but, you know, it's not always going to be like that. So when it slows down a little bit, we'll just plug a little half an hour with Craig in there. <laughs> conspiracies conspiracies i like that but um it's it's our midweek episode so we need to power rank and the power rankings i think will change this week so i want to hear yours first uh i don't know if mine really changed though i've still got southern charm at the top even though we had an off week because thanksgiving shout out thanksgiving shout out turkey um i've still got salt lake at number two i did i guess move potomac up to three because things are getting weird i like that Uh, i've got Beverly Hills still at four and Miami flip-flopped with Potomac. Now Miami's at five. So it did change. It changed. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I You were right. <laughs> so for me, I've got Potomac at the bottom. Oh. Actually, I got Miami four. I got Salt Lake two, Beverly Hills three. Oh. See what I did there? No. You didn't mean to do that. But I didn't. Did. I didn't. Salt Lake <laughs> three. Fuck. I, no. Salt, damn it. Beverly Hills 3, Salt Lake 2, Southern Charm 1. Yes. That's where I stand. I think that's the same as that's reasonable. Oh, no. Potomac was last for me. Yeah. With Potomac, look, I like the route that they're going in. I think it's interesting because we haven't seen something like this before. I will say the response to it has been interesting on social media. Right. Because people are, there is a very fine line between this is fun because they're talking about like voodoo and witchcraft and stuff like that and being disrespectful to somebody's beliefs and religion. Right. And that's kind of the the line that we're towing right now. But do I think that it's entertaining as shit when they're talking about curses and stuff and then somebody knocks Sterno onto the floor and lights the place on fire? Well, not somebody, the physical embodiment of a curse. Yeah. Did over. Juan, that's a yes. really good point. Yeah. So like when you put that in there, it's fun to watch. It's fun. Then why do you have them last? My issue is this. I fear that we're running the risk of repeating a lot of the things that we saw last year. Oh. Focusing on people's marriages, focusing like on relationships. We're doing like the ESPN power rankings where it's like, yeah, you know, the Eagles are doing well, but, you know, they could have lost a couple of games That's there and we're me. afraid they're they're whoa, playing whoa, with fire right now. Up. I've never said that. Uh, you're doing it right now. I've been on 
not with the, the birds. Power... I'm the one that's I'm arguing with everybody. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. I don't use that analogy. I am not saying. Mister, just because you're decked out head to toe in birds gear right Fine. now, don't you're, you talk to me like your that. Your ESPN power ranking saying, well, you know, the Chiefs, they've got a really good team, and I think they're going to still like get to the Super Bowl, but right now they're not. They're, actually, no, it's the opposite. You're, you're supposed to be looking at these things as right now. You're worried the Potomac's going to turn into something worse, that's so you have it at the bottom. We anal- I just based, too on, analytical. based on this week, that's because the episode was so chaotic for me, and then I get flustered because we have to recap it, and it's hard to recap those scenes where there's mm-hmm. just so much happening, so that's probably part of it. You're like the analytics in baseball. You're ruining the game. You're taking your starting pitcher out after the first inning. Look, buddy, <laughs> take the sports analogies and shove them up your ass. There's too much sports going on right now. Let's Told you I was coming to... in with energy. Yeah, well, <laughs> just because you're revived from the dead, you know, some of us are sleepy. That's what life is. So get on my level. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> All right, I'll take I'll take a nap. Thank you. But uh, without further ado, why don't we jump right in? And we are with Potomac. And this week is very much Wendy and NECA focused. It's mm. uh, these two and their feud carrying on from last week. We heard NECA said that Ivy, who is Wendy's sister, called her sister. Or yeah, it gets a little member. convoluted. It gets a little sure. convoluted, but somebody from Wendy's family called somebody from NECA's family saying that they're putting her name in a shrine. Her family's putting her name in a shrine. The mom specifically, Wendy's mom, is the one that is, with this accusation, practicing witchcraft yes. or voodoo, as they have said. So when we get into this episode, we're with NECA and Ike. And Ike, we learn more about him. He's a traveling doctor. He's home two weeks, gone for two weeks. I think it's every other, which... It gets a little deeper because we find out that Ike and Eddie went to school together, yes. right? And then we find out that Eddie had followed Ike on Facebook and has since unfollowed him during all of this nonsense. Really funny drama. It's crazy drama. It reminds me of like when we were in high school and people would like unfollow people and like... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing has changed. Well, it still kind of happens. I feel like it happens on Instagram. It's just funny that a specific platform you can kind of circle as not important or kind of like a boomer issue. Yeah. Look at it like Facebook. Fa- Facebook. You're like, ah, boomers are at it again. <laughs> but if you do it on Instagram, people still get mad about it. So it's really the same issue. It is. It's just different platforms. It's just different platforms. Yeah. Different platforms for different people. But that sets the scene for like the entire episode. But the next scene we get Robin and Giselle. And this one is interesting because Robin has had a conversation with Juan in Atlanta. And that conversation did not go well because Juan gets in her face and starts yelling. But according to Robin, Juan doesn't yell. His hearing's impaired from coaching. I feel like every single thing he does, she has an excuse for. How does that even make any sense? How long has he been coaching? I don't care how long he's been coaching for. That doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. I what, have you spend too much time at a basketball gym with all the squeaky sneakers, and you're like, I can't hear anymore. I do, like I literally have tinnitus in my left ear. Yeah, I'm catching. Because right-handed hitters would hit the ball on this side of my head, and my ear rings constantly because of it. It's because a bat and a ball sounds like a gunshot, and I still don't scream. I never yell. People can't hear me when I talk. It's one of the more frustrating things about me. I feel like it's the opposite, right? That's what I think, because I talk quietly because I can't hear well. Because you're afraid that you're talking too loud. Yes. Yeah. So I don't understand this, but the I'm sorry you're going through that. It's okay, man. I've been going through it for like the past 10 years of my life, so I, I think I'll live, but... It's really frustrating to hear these conversations because it's like, no matter what this man does, he can yell at your friend. Right. And you still have an excuse. Where's the line? Where's the moment that he does something dumb, does something rude, and you say, Juan, that was fucked up. Stop doing shit like that. 
the, you know, the funny thing is people are still hammering down the aspect of, is it an arrangement? Is it Juan cheating and Robinson's denial? Is there something else going on here? I don't care about that anymore. I really don't. I, it does not matter. It does not matter at all because all we're seeing is Juan has really shitty behavior. Robin is covering it up at every opportunity that she gets. I don't care if she's shell-shocked anymore. It doesn't matter to me. Well, she None of it matters. Care. She doesn't care. Clearly, she doesn't care. She's telling all of her close friends, like, this is a scene that we finally get where it's just the two of them. If Robin's ever going to just come out and tell the truth, it's going to be in a scene with just Giselle there. No one else can be there. Or maybe Karen forces her out at some point. But this is our best opportunity. And instead, we just get more explanations, more cover-ups, more excusing Juan's behavior. She didn't even need to tell Giselle about the shouting in Atlanta. No. You don't even have to bring that up. Why even bring that up? You're just painting him in a bad picture and then immediately taking that away yeah, and saying that it's excusable. It. Like, it makes no sense to me. And because it makes no sense, I don't care anymore. I Nothing don't. matters to me anymore. It, well, it's just funny. Like, the verbiage he uses. Like, I'm a sexual dude. Why do you have to say things? Why do you have to talk? Like, it goes back to the first episode where he was like, yeah, she is a beautiful woman, though. It's like... You don't have to insert these yeah. things. It's not vindicating you. It's making you look more guilty by saying I'm a sexual dude. That to me implies you're a promiscuous dude, which means you're out there, which we have fucking photo evidence of yep. you out there in the streets with other women. So like, it just drives me crazy. And the thing that really pissed me off with this scene, this is a moment where Juan, a husband and a man is yelling at Giselle. When she had a conversation with Chris last year, she went off the rails about how it's inappropriate for him to be stern with her, to talk to her a certain way, mm -hmm. to talk to her behind closed doors, X, Y, Z, whatever. Where's that energy for Juan? Why? And I know it's not the same situation. Like, well, obviously, Juan, it's not the same situation, but you don't see that kind of energy when it's Giselle and Robin. Absolutely. I mean, I know why. Else. But also... I think that the majority of it has to do with the fact that Giselle kind of gave up. I think she's done. I do. Yeah. But like, I don't think that she, I think she knows she's not getting an answer from Robin and she feels like, why am I not getting this answer from Robin, my closest friend? I think I give up. And I understand. I got it. it. It's because it's the closest friend aspect, but never in any other season that Giselle's been on this show, would she relent just because somebody wasn't talking about True. it? She would have kept hammering home, trying to dig more shit up. It's only because it's her friend. And look, is it annoying as a viewer? Yeah. Does it make sense to us for her to not shit on her friend? Yeah. Like we get it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're on the show. If you're going to bring that energy for Chris, again, different circumstances. I'm simply talking about how you were talked to. You're not really making a stink about it. Juan yeah. yelled at you. He yelled yeah. in your face. Bring that same energy. That's all I'm saying. But we get Candace at home with her mom and uh, they start talking about Robin. And as we know, Candace and Robin are not doing well. They're not friendly at the moment. Because of things that Candace has said on podcasts and stuff in regards to Robin. Now, do I think that Robin has a reason to not want to hang with Candace because of that? Yeah, sure. She was talking shit. You did back up Chris early on. However, lying by omission, I think, is the problem here. You knew all that shit with Juan was going on. And yet you were somewhat of a party to the rumors about Chris just because you didn't say shit to Giselle at a certain point. Yeah, I feel like this is probably the most mutually agreed beef that I've ever seen on the yeah. show where both sides make perfect sense and I'm okay with both of them. 
if they don't want to squash it, if they don't want to talk about it, and they just won't really want to hang out with each other and, and do whatever they're going to do, and obviously you're going to have to be in the same room at some point, but it doesn't mean that you have to be on good terms. You can both be mad at each other and just leave it at that and not move past it. Obviously, in a show like this, we're eventually going to have to talk about it, and they're going to have a face-to-face, and they'll try to pseudo-squash it, and then it'll pop back up again. But I get it. Candace's perspective is... This whole thing was going on with Chris. Yeah, I, again, Robin came to that lunch, but she was just in. I feel like she was just there to find out what they knew, sure, and what they were talking about, and who they were willing to blame. And obviously, it comes down to Giselle, it comes down to Ashley. But that's all Robin was doing there. She wasn't really showing support in my eyes. I don't. Well, she didn't stand up to Giselle. She didn't stand up to I'm Ashley saying. later. Agree, that's support. I agree with that one hundred percent. I think that she was more trying to play the role of I'm not getting involved in this shit. Because I don't want them digging around in my shit because Juan is out here doing whatever the fuck he wants She could have been doing that. But again, we're watching her right now not answer any of the questions and completely sidestep everything and excuse all of Juan's behavior. I don't think she's smart enough to do that. I think that she just wasn't bringing it up because she didn't want to talk about it and bring it up to the rest of the girls. I don't think that she was looking at that as, oh, we can go talk about Chris for the entire season and nothing's going to come up about Juan. It looks to me right now that she's in her own little world. I feel like she was in her own little world last year, too. I would agree with you if it wasn't for the statement, I was waiting for Karen to say something. I don't think that makes any sense ever. It makes zero sense. Yeah. But because of that, that was clearly on her mind during the season. I don't think so. I think that's just something that came out of her mouth at the time. Mm, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think it was ever planned. I don't know. I don't think Robin has planned one thing since she found out that that Juan cheated on her. Maybe not, but I don't know. I, I will always have questions because of that one statement. I was waiting for Karen to bring it up. It's like, what? what? Why? Yeah, what? Stupid. Yeah, stupid, dude. But we move on to Pickleball. And holy shit, this scene, trying to take notes on this scene, like made my brain hurt because there was so much going on. But let's start with... What we always like to discuss here. Athletics. Athletics. We love to talk about athletes on these you shows. You know who my star was? It's going to surprise you. Uh, Ray? Mia. Mia, that's not surprising. She served well. I mean, that's really all we got to see, but everybody else was hitting these wayward shots. Yes. She seemed to keep it in. Mia strikes me as, like, if I had to guess the athletes in this group, I would put Mia up there. Yep. I would put... Um, I'd probably put Wendy up there. Robin would make sense, but what the fuck was she wearing? Dude, the funniest shit, someone tweeted it out, and it was like, her and Giselle were talking about how when there was questions about Eddie in the tabloids cheating, mm-hmm. they were saying, oh, now Wendy's dressing all sexy because there's shit out in the public. Fast forward to this season, there's shit about Juan out there, and now she's wearing a bodysuit to go play. Like It was a leotard. First of all, the, the outfits overall were... I loved the extravagance going like they're playing pickleball, yeah. dude. This is a sport that was designed for the elderly in retirement homes to increase your circulation. That's where pickleball was founded for the record. It turned into something else. I do agree with that. Absolutely. No, no. But Look, it's not that hard to play. It's very easy to play. That's right. kind of the the pull. I love pickleball. I'm not shitting that on being pickleball. said, I guess you can wear whatever the hell you want because you don't really need the mobility. No, I agree. It's just like the them walking in there. I, I would love to see the people that work there. First of all, I want to know the people that work at just a 24-7 pickleball spot. Yeah. Got to be an interesting crew. But just watching this, like, first of all, there's cameras everywhere. And then you get this fashion show come in of all of these people wearing crazy outfits to go play a sport. But, you know, whatever. I enjoyed the outfits. I'm not shitting on them. I just thought it was funny. Everybody's attire. But Mia arrives to the pickleball thing and the awkward, like, 
cheek kiss hug thing that happened with Karen because they're still not on hugging terms. They're like, I love so far. The progression is great. I'm I'm laughing at it. I want this bit to continue for the entire season. Karen can commit to a bit without a sure, probably better than anybody else, maybe even in Bravo at this point. I guess my question would be, what's next? Um. A half a hug? That little, like, kind of half butt out hug that you do, maybe? Oh, the shoulder lean in? Yeah, the shoulder lean in. Shoulder le- no arms. Yeah, no, no arms. arms. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. But we see Giselle comment on, you know, Candace gets there and she says, yeah, we're not talking. And I think it's funny that Giselle can have any kind of stance against Candace. Right. Knowing what she did last year. Like, she's upset with Candace because Candace said some horrible things at the reunion. Sure. You tried to paint her man as a like sexual deviant. That is way worse than saying some mean things. And she has this high horse stance where she's like, I'm not talking to her because she said the mean thing at the reunion. It's like you tried to make Chris out to be a fucking predator last mm-hmm. year, you asshole. Like yeah. if anyone's going to squash this, you need to bite the bullet and be like, hey, that was my bad. That's. I feel like that's my problem with Giselle anyway, because she doesn't try to squash anything no like she just she's okay with keeping it going which again is completely fine if you just don't agree and you don't want to keep a friendship in the court ever just keep going pickleball court that's oh nice there. if that's your motive and that's what you want to do then do it sell it whatever i don't care but don't go to your confessional and bitch about it that's Agreed. what i don't want because that's that like two-faced energy where clearly if it's on your mind enough that you're going to talk about it in the confessional you should be trying to do something where you can try to figure out what the root of the problem is. One, you're stupid if you don't know what the root of the problem is. It's very clear that we can see that. Just go back and watch last season. Instead, you're sitting there and complaining and saying you don't know what the problem is and you did all this to me in the reunion. Enough. I don't care. Yeah. Like, you've done this for years now. Yep. I agree. But the big moment happens. Juan and Robin arrive and everybody is stunned. Mia has a great one-liner. Why wouldn't he be here? He doesn't have a job. That's a good liner. Roast. Yep. And, um... Then Karen comes over the top with what the hell is Robin wearing? She's got that vagina on display. Put that back. Nobody wants it. Not even Juan. Boom. Roasted. They're both getting roasted, but rightfully so. And I think that's where I'm at right now is like, and maybe that's why I'm not ranking this higher is because I know where this is going. Like, I know what's happening. I know who's going to take the digs. I know that. Juan and Robin are going to be against the entire group at some point because that whole thing is going to blow up and continue to blow up and they will refuse to address it. We're going to get no answers. What if there's enough pressure finally put on Robin and she finally bursts? It's not going to happen. You don't think so? Really don't. I I just don't see her getting to not hold down any hope for your favorite franchise. Isn't that crazy? kind of sad to hear it's a bummer and I, look i'm enjoying it don't get me wrong here i am enjoying it and maybe this is why i'm overly analytical on it because it holds a special place in my heart and i'm afraid they're going to go down a path that's not going to be conducive to a good season it's been good so far i'm okay with it if they don't try to deflect and create rumors about somebody else if robin doesn't try to team up with giselle or ashley and start talking about somebody else if they want to throw candace under the bus for something that they feel like she did or throw i guess the whole neca and wendy thing under the bus and try to focus more on that if they don't try to steer us in that direction and we can see robin doing that to get us away from her and juan I'm okay with it because I do feel like eventually there will be a straw that breaks the camel's back and something will happen, whether it's in a group setting and Juan blows up at the group and then it's like, there he is. There's your Juan on camera. We get to see him. If you want to be on this show and you're going to be able to try to explain your cheating rumors, you better be on camera. And when the push comes to shove, don't fucking blow up, dude, because everybody's going to be able to see you for who you really are. That's what I kind of want. 
I think we could get there as long as we don't take these weird navigations. And I feel like it's not going to go that way because she doesn't have Giselle on her side. Giselle is the master of doing stuff like that. If Giselle's not going to come around to it because Robin's not giving her any information, we're not going to go down that path of just, all right, this is annoying. Let's just talk about the real issues. We're never going to get there. Okay. Here's a three-part reunion talking about nothing. That's, That's what you're afraid of. That is exactly what I'm yeah. afraid of. That's very, very well said. Thanks for summing it up for me. But Mansplain. <laughs> thanks for mansplaining me. Um, the last two things I want to talk about are Wendy versus NECA, and I want to talk about Ike versus Eddie. That's pretty much, that sums up everything that happens after the pickleball starts, which is not a four-on-four sport, okay? Is anybody playing pickleball? It's not four-on-four. It's embarrassing. Not enough room. Not enough room. If you're not good, play two-on-two so you learn how to play. And if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Yeah, or as my minor league manager said to me, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the chicken. Um, But with Wendy and NECA, Ashley tells both of them, like, hey, I had to correct myself. I didn't mean to say that. I I misremembered what happened. And then NECA breaks it down to Wendy. You're my, she explains the whole situation. We don't have to explain it again, right? Yep. So here's my issues with this. I do believe that NECA has reason to be upset. To the group's point, Wendy didn't call. Right. Like Wendy's not the one behind the phone call. I do think that Wendy had something more to do with all of this. And I that goes back to when I called the fact that she does know who this person is. Yeah, I I think Wendy f- feels threatened by NECA's presence on the show. I do, too. I think and that's I think, the root I it. think that is the root of everything. And she's having her maybe look, I mean, who knows? Maybe her family's very protective of her, too, and says, if you're going to have this woman on the show, she could steal your spotlight. And then all of a sudden you're not going to have a job here anymore. Who knows what the the cooking show, podcast, talk show, whatever politics show she's going to be doing is going to do at some point. But I do think that she feels threatened by NECA being on the show. I have no problem with NECA bringing it up because... No, I don't have a problem with it. It's TV. Like, if you want to bring something to the table immediately, this is what you're going to bring. And it seems like there's something there. And the reason I say that is because Wendy didn't go back at her with any facts. She didn't really ask any follow-up questions. If this is something that you're definitely not guilty of and you don't know anything about... You slow everything down and say, explain it to me better. Tell me who's involved, and I'll try to understand what you're saying. Instead, she starts focusing on NECA maybe misspeaking one word. Targets that, starts yelling over everybody else. That's somebody who's guilty. Yep. That is what behavior exudes from a guilty person. And that's all I saw that entire time. So I now am fully in the realm of NECA's right. Wendy knows more than she's leading on. We're never going to talk about it. Because Wendy's just going to keep trying to insult her because that's what Wendy's MO is. So she did to Mia. I agree with you. And that was my next point actually was in the beginning when they brought up the point. Wendy didn't call. I was like, that's actually a really good point. Mm -hmm. Wendy's response made me do exactly what you did. I was like, oh man, you just buried yourself because now you're like standing up, like strutting around, you're flaunting, you're like doing all this crazy shit. And saying, it's a flop, it's a flop, and like flipping your hair at her, you're not saying anything of substance. You're not defending yourself. You're avoiding the questions. Yeah. Which, again, look, I I don't want to say that if somebody brings something up about a family member, you're not going to try to defend them. Mm -hmm. But you're going to do it way differently than that. I agree. You're going to try to find out the facts and then defend them. You're not just going to immediately shut them down and start yelling over them and then flipping your hair and saying it's a flop over and over again because you feel like it's a personal attack towards you. It is, but you have to deny that you were involved. I Yeah, and 
I will say that receipt of the phone call didn't do shit for me. That was ridiculous. Like I saw a screenshot of it. I saw a screenshot of it. The name is off center. The initials are not Susan. It's IO is the initials. And I don't know if they were protecting somebody and they changed it. But that to me is not damning evidence by any means. Just flashing up like a screenshot. So this is where it gets weird. I don't think it was the mom that called. I think it was her sister. That's where it keeps getting convoluted where I'm like, who called? It said I-O, so it's Ivy Osefo, I guess. But the name underneath it was Susan. Her name's not Susan. The whole Maybe thing- Maybe the connection is a Susan? Nah, it, I, it, I don't look, know. The screenshot- it, 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 it was definitely off-center. But again, why is Bravo even showing that? That's what I mean. Like, I don't care. Like you, It's enough for NECA to just say, I've got the screenshot of the call that came through. I can show you at any time. Break it out in the reunion. And then that's it. I don't need like the screenshot on my TV. I need, it, I I need it at the reunion in a manila folder, bedazzled. That you break out at the end. True. That's what I want. But I thought that it was really funny because we get Wendy. She's like, you know what I want to do? I want to work it out with Mia. Like, okay. Just completely avoids everything. Drags Mia off to the side. But it's so frustrating because during these scenes, you get a cut of Robin. And Robin's saying, oh, Wendy's avoiding it. And she's deflecting. Oh, my God. I was like, that's you, man. Yep. What do you mean? You can't sit there and put this shit. You just don't talk for this whole season. If you're not going to address the obvious, you're not allowed to talk because you're doing everything that you're damning Wendy for doing, but on a much bigger scale. Like you're talking about infidelity in your marriage that you will not address. Yeah. Wendy is talking about a phone call that her mom may or may not be putting Neca's name and her family's name into a shrine. And I don't want to belittle it because it does seem to be a major issue with the women on the show and people that follow this religion. I do not want to make too much light of it. However, can we compare those two, please? One, marriage over, cheating. Yep. The other, potential curses being put on people in the group. Like, Robin, just zip it, lock it, and put it in your pocket. The subtext for that is... Please, please, please don't ask me about Juan. Yes, totally. Let's let's focus on this, guys. This isn't this so much fun pickleball. Oh my God, look at what's going on with Wendy and Neca. Yep. Isn't that crazy that Wendy's deflecting? Please stop talking about me and Juan. Just leave us alone. Don't talk, don't Juan, talk go over there. Go over there. Get Juan, back to the pickleball. Go play court. pickleball. Go play pickleball. Go play pickleball. And that's when stuff starts getting weird because Juan is playing pickleball. And while they're talking about the potential curses and shit escalates, they start cussing at each other. I love this scene. I thought it was like. This was good. That was a right. good scene. They're yeah. going back and forth. Shit gets real for a second. I love when that happens. And out of nowhere, the fucking room gets lit on fire because the food hits the floor and the sterno causes a little carpet fire because Juan, the embodiment of a curse, as you said so well, yep. dives into the, the fence and knocks everything over. So it's just everything is coming together in this like, ooh, kind of creepy way <laughs> where it's like, what the fuck's going on? I think it's almost to say... Hey guys, stop arguing about this. Here's the real curse. He just came in and just knocked yeah, everything over. Here's Instead the of saying, "Oh, the curse knocked over the food." I mean, you were right. The curse did knock over the food. Let's talk about that guy Let's over there. Talk about him. We've got him now curse. in a room. He can go play pickleball, but you can shout at him on the court and yeah. you can ask him questions all you want. You know, and I want to see him yell on the court. You know what drove me nuts with him what? the whole time? This I'm better than this whole thing vibe that oh he gives my God, off. Yeah. He's like laughing. The girls start getting into it. He stands up immediately and like walks out. He's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. Like he's above everything. Let's not forget, sir. You are an unemployed, fired D2 basketball coach with a subpar NBA career. 
but you're not bigger than this. This is your only income. That's why you're on TV. You've been on this show more times this year. I don't think year. he's getting paid by it. Well, Robin's he getting is. Paid. He's getting paid to be like you get. I think for recurring things, you get some money. Mm. He has been on this season more than the last five seasons combined. Yeah. And he's showing up to things. He never goes to shit. He doesn't go to reunions. And now he's showing up because he doesn't have a fucking job. Because he doesn't have a job. But I think it's also because he doesn't want people to ask. Even though he exudes this I don't care attitude all the time. He still, as soon as he got there, starts talking to Eddie. Because he knows that Eddie's going to be his guy. I'm going to talk to Eddie a little bit about this. Be like, man, I don't care what they're saying about me. And he said, I don't care like five times in a two-minute span. He's showing up now because he knows deep down if he's not there... Questions are just going to keep coming, and I'm going to leave Robin out there. Maybe deep down, he might care that Robin's out there. Actually, no, I'm not going to go that far. Deep down, I feel like what he really doesn't want is Robin to be left on her own. And starts answering questions. Because then she starts answering questions. If he's there, she's not going to answer the questions. So he's going to say he doesn't want to be there and he doesn't care, but he really does care, and that's why he's there all the time. Because look, if you don't want any of that and you just, just are tired of the fucking bullshit that comes with being on a housewife show as a husband... You know what you do? You don't go. You know who wasn't there? Chris. You know who's tired of all that bullshit? Chris. That's why it happens. That's well said. But the last thing is Eddie versus Ike. And apparently these two went to the same school. It was Maryland, I think. Was it Maryland? Maybe. I I believe it was Maryland. Yeah. But regardless, they went to a big school. Just going to the same school does not mean you know the person. They did follow each other on Facebook. That we do know for certain. So this is weird that when everything popped off, Eddie took the time to go unfollow Ike. Mm-hmm. Now, when this comes to a head at the end of the episode, and Eddie starts questioning, or sorry, Ike starts questioning Eddie, saying, did you unfollow me? What happened? This is, again, Eddie does the same shit Wendy does. He deflects, he avoids, he's like, I don't, we're not even friends, I don't even know you. Irrelevant. He didn't even say, I don't know you. He said, this is the first we're meeting. Right, that's what he said. That's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Did you unfollow him on Facebook immediately following all of this I, nonsense? I also don't like that Ike got, he he was the person who was taking the blame for bringing it up. He didn't bring it up. He didn't bring it up. And I don't like that. I did not like when he pops off at NECA mm-hmm. when she's trying to calm him down. And Ike's like, just let me talk. I was like, Whoa, pull it back, sir. I, I understand Still that you're needed. But yeah, don't yell at her. Focus on Eddie and Wendy because they're the ones that are driving this whole thing. It's just confusing. And I guess I'm trying to understand Wendy and Eddie's argument because I don't get it. They're just clearly trying to avoid. I think we're going to find out a whole lot more about this. I think there's way more than we know as far as what was said behind closed doors about NECA and her family. Yeah. And I think it's interesting going back to what Ike said in the car in the beginning of the episode. Is Wendy afraid that another Nigerian woman coming in is going to replace her, as you said before, but highlighting the fact that they're both from the same country, they're both from the same tribe, that, as Ike said, like, you should support one another. Mm -hmm. You would think that would be, like, a union right there where we would see NECA and Wendy together, but as we've seen in the past, I don't think Wendy likes being overshadowed. Wendy needs to be the standout. She needs to let you know she's got two degrees. She needs to let you know she's a doctor. She has to let you know all these things. So I think that you hit it on the head earlier when you said this is all centered around Wendy being afraid that NECA is going to steal the spotlight, her family using that and saying NECA just used Wendy to get on the show. She's saying Wendy's name. They're starting this fire. No pun intended. You know what it is? Actually, I think I just figured it out. 
NECA coming in is bringing in another occupation that's considered an intellectual occupation. If you look at the rest of the women on the show, we've got obviously Candace has a really good music career. Great. That has nothing to do with talking about politics and talking about life and all this other shit. NECA comes in as a lawyer. A successful lawyer. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, Wendy can't pull that, Mia, you're slow. I'm the smartest person on the show. You've got Neko over there who is a successful lawyer and very smart. You are no longer the only person there that can stand as an intellectual talking about politics that's too highbrow for everybody else. You've got somebody else that's kind of your equal. You're a little scared of that. I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. I think we'll leave it there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But that takes us to Roslick, and this was a really good episode again. This is a great season. It continues to hit pretty much every mark that I have for it. Like, it, it's just been exciting. The drama's real. Everybody's bringing it. Even Mary had a better episode. I still don't need her on screen anymore, but she did do better this episode. But let's jump right in. We start out with Heather and Ange, and they are at Angie's house, and this is like post Mormon party or whatever. And this frustrated me throughout the episode because I feel like we either didn't see the majority of the scene or we're missing something, or this group is just gaslighting the shit out of Monica. And this is not a Monica Stan podcast anymore. Like I still enjoy Monica. And until I get evidence to the contrary, I still like Monica, but I'm not going to die on the hill for her. No, yeah. I'm so confused about the recaps of that Mormon party that Heather had, because from where I was sitting, Lisa said just as many fucked up things as Monica did. It could be as simple as just being a new person. Is that Maybe they're just used to Lisa doing that? That's not what I think. I I don't know. I I do think that we're missing something. There's got to be something missing from that party because it looked like a pretty even match. They were saying about the same type of stuff until Lisa went a little overboard. I don't see what they're seeing at all. I don't get it. And when they're recapping it and Heather's like, you know, I just don't know what to expect with Monica. One minute she's super happy. Then she's angry. Then she's detached and vacant. Go through the scene, dude. Yeah. What do you mean? Why wouldn't she be detached and vacant? Why wouldn't she be angry? Lisa said that she hates women. So she went on the defense for herself. No one else stood up for her. Now she's battling everybody. Here's my take. I 100% think, and I've said it before, Heather wants to hang out with the cool kid. Mm-hmm. The cool kid before was Jen Shaw. She latched herself to Jen, got burned. After Jen got sent to prison, she was looking for the next lifeline. Lisa Barlow has taken center stage. Whether she's doing a good job of it or not is completely irrelevant. She is the HBIC right now, at least for this crew without seeing this season play out. Yeah. Right, Us at home are watching a very different Lisa than Heather is seeing. 
but Heather's attached her ship to Lisa, and I think that she will ride or die for her just to be in the good graces of Lisa Barlow. And I think it's fucking annoying. And now we're running the risk of after a great start for Heather, who had a horrible season, she is now running the risk of repeating what I had to watch last year with Jen Shaw and shitting the bed. Instead of being fun, Heather on the side, Heather that has the funny one-liners, Heather that gets along with everybody, Heather that's funny and a good time to watch, we're going to get the Heather that plays this weird angle where she takes offense and takes up umbrage with somebody else because of stuff that we don't see. And it's really fucking annoying because I want to root for Heather. I know. She does everything in her power to get me not to. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing because obviously we watch a lot of these shows and if somebody has the same type of behavior as Heather has for the last year and a half, we would have written them off. We would have been done with them. But we can tell there's little glimpses of what Heather used to be and we know that she could be that and we just want her to get to a point where she doesn't need to latch herself onto anybody else because you can be a great standalone. You can just be there and just bring some fun, hang out at your tailgate parties. You're still going to get the real moments. You had a whole tailgate party. You didn't piss anybody off. You weren't being fake. And you still got Monica to talk about her mom. And then you get feelings about Whitney and you and you're talking about your mom. Like, that's a good moment. You can still have those good moments just by being yourself. Instead, you're sticking up with Lisa, just kind of riding her coattails. And we all know that Lisa's just going to talk about herself the whole time. So clearly she doesn't see anything that she said was wrong. So you're just agreeing with her and it's pissing us off. I'm getting so upset at it, honestly. (laughs) It looks like it gets worse next week, too. I I think it's going to continue to get worse. And we're at a point now, all the recaps of the reunion from the actual cast members, they're saying nobody's getting along with Monica now except for Mary which is not the ally you really want <laughs> as far as the show goes. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But the next scene, we get Whitney and Justin driving, and uh, it's very awkward to start out. And this made me, like, I was a little harsh on him over the past couple of weeks just because Justin's frustrating to watch, I think. Yeah. This is still a marriage of 15 years, and they're going through some shit, and maybe I was a little insensitive to that because, like, the whole end of the conversation where it's like well if if we're still willing to fight i'm willing to fight well i'm willing to fight too it's like i don't want to root against anybody and i said that last week we're not rooting against them but it almost seemed like a competition at the end like are you gonna fight i'm gonna fight you're gonna fight with me i'm gonna fight it works i know it yeah if it were i it's just like a touchy thing it was awkward but i feel like i kind of abandoned that obviously as soon as it started it was so awkward and then it got to a point where i was actually really sad it was like, all right, this kind of sucks. I these are the moments when I feel really bad when there's cameras in the car. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this. Yeah, I, I don't think I should be watching this. Yeah, that's like a real moment. Like, where do not like, bring us in if they bring us into a like a full on big time like marriage therapist and there's breakdowns. I don't know if I can watch that. It's gonna be yeah. no, no, that's too real. But Whitney gets some really really difficult news. She finds out that her best friend Sherry has been intubated. Uh, she has been battling cancer. We actually saw her at the party last week. We didn't even realize it, but she gets some news that things aren't going well. And she's kind of had this feeling of dread recently where she thinks that she's losing her friend. And this was difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. This was really hard to watch. I got emotional. It's just Watching somebody come to grips with the fact that they might have to lose their best friend on TV, knowing that we just saw this person, I was like, fuck, man, like, that's heavy. That's really heavy. So say what you want about Whitney. She's having a great, great season, and she's doing really well for herself, and she's so much more, I never thought I would say this. Put together? 
put together and articulate. Yeah. Like she's saying things that make sense to me. She's bringing things up at the correct time and she's taking the correct stance. We've we've seen like real time growth from her. I know. It's really right? weird because she used to do that thing where her some of her confessionals were on point, but in the moment she made no sense at all. Zero. And we had no idea what she was talking about. And then she would go to the confessional and be like, that is not at all what you said. No. I have no idea how you feel like anybody else can understand what you're talking about. Now she's doing both. The confessionals are somehow more poignant and she understands and then she just conveys it even better. But even in the moment when things get heated, she's kind of keeping her composure. Could be therapy. She's very much keeping I, I don't, her composure. It, she's maybe not she's just rattled. got perspective. I think she finally just has perspective. Maybe she it, it has something to do with probably the fact that she's been on the show for a couple of years and she finally got her footing and it took her a little bit longer. But I feel like with all the other stuff going on around her, she's finally getting that perspective that you need Fair. for uh, some sort of reality TV show. And she's putting it all together. And it's a great time to do it because we need it. We do need it. And she's doing a good job. She's pulling her weight. Again, difficult scene to watch. But the next scene, we get Meredith and Lisa at lunch. As we know, these two have been trying to repair, I guess, their friendship. You think Lisa's that friend that sits down, and if they have Vita tequila and you don't get Vita tequila, she gets really upset about it? Oh, without a doubt. force you to get it? Absolutely. Okay. That's, that's the vibe I, I got. she makes a very loud statement. I'll have a Vita tequila with this and, look, she was, and just stares to see what you order. I feel like she was upset that Meredith got a uh, a wine. At the same time, mm-hmm. I think Meredith intentionally did not get Vita tequila yes. to piss off Lisa. I think she's done that for years. I do too. I think <laughs> that it's one and the same. Yeah. I think that that's how these two Kinda are funny. together. It's very funny. But in this moment, Lisa actually does bring up a decent point. And she's talking about, like, doesn't know what the issue with Monica is. I don't get it. You should get it because you're being really mean to her. She's being mean to you, too. Yes. But she's not starting it. You're starting it. And then she's bringing the heat back at you. And you are taking it as, why are you being so mean? I don't understand. Do you know what? I mean, it still stems from the fucking, obviously, from the ring. But what it really stems from is one of those stupid ass games that they have to play at dinner and all these goddamn shows. You know the production is the one saying, "All right, here we're going to play the, this shitty ass game. Game to you make guys are going to hate each other in an hour, and this is how we're going to do it." But instead, like I mean, Meredith stormed up and walked away. Obviously, she hasn't been nearly as impactful on the show. No, she's kind of season. Back she's kind of taken aback. Yeah, exactly. But again, like Lisa's not letting go of something that we've seen every other housewife in the history of housewives let go of. The stupid goddamn game. That's all it was. It was a shady comment, which is actually really ironic now that I think about it, because all Monica was doing was just making a shady comment for the sake of the game. Mm-hmm. And Lisa goes back and says, oh, it was just a snarky comment that I was making about your mom not wanting to be your mom. Which is not snarky. It's, not just, snarky. it's just straight up mean. But when they start to get into it, Meredith is asking, you know, I thought we were trying to be on the up and up with one another. I thought you were going to tell me if you had an issue with me because Lisa brings it to her attention I began to pull back and pump the brakes because I was seeing a repeat in the pattern. You brought up the rumors to Angie and Meredith's like, did you tell Angie that I threatened her? And Lisa's like, I didn't say you threatened her. I just told her what happened, which look, do I get where Lisa was coming from telling Angie? Yeah, it's going to move the show forward. You're going to tell her because you are Lisa Barlow and that's what you do. Do I understand where Meredith is coming from and saying, I thought we were going to bring this to each other's attention so that we could work on our friendship? Yes, I get that as well. Neither did their part. Both of them are actively driving this friendship into the ground. And I don't think this is a friendship that needs to happen, honestly. I think that we have such a different Lisa Barlow than we had when Lisa was under Meredith Marks in seasons past, right? I think now it's like if they can't find a way to coexist on the same level, 
it's just simply not going to work. But Lisa highlights that she doesn't want to be around the rumors anymore. She doesn't want, and to her credit, like she does talk a lot of shit. Yeah. She doesn't get, she doesn't play the rumor game. She really doesn't dive into the rumor. She no. just she just doesn't know how to analyze things and yeah. takes it for face value. And then she has issues with it, but she says it immediately. Yes. She just she just doesn't go digging the way that Meredith does. But I think my biggest problem with Lisa, and she does this throughout the episode, she says it three or four more times. Anytime she gets backed into a corner, she uses one word. Do you know what that word is? What's the word? Triggering. You will always say it's triggering for me because of my past experiences, which might be true. But if everything's triggering for you, I then feel like you're using that word, which is a, what's the phrase? It's a uh, something word, not a trigger word. It would be a trigger word. Okay, fine. It's a trigger word. and <laughs> The whole word it. should have been left in 2020. It should have been left in 2020, but she's using a trigger word by saying triggering. And that's when Meredith goes, well, Angie's manipulating just like Monica. And even Lisa can see through that and say, Monica's just being a bitch. Yeah. You're being deceptive. Yep. And that's very true. Lisa, this was the first scene that I've I've watched with her in it where I was like, okay, thank you for saying some points that actually make sense, that actually land, because you're correct. She is being deceptive. She's doing what Meredith does. And I think that it's it's weird that we are seeing her take a back seat. And do you think that that's because, like you said last week, I think people are starting to figure out her game? It could be that, but I'm really starting to think that she just brings nothing to the table except oh, for what she does. Maybe. Like without her being aligned with somebody, because she was always friends with Jen to the point where, yeah, Jen didn't get her involved that we know of in her shady shit, but she was always around with Jen. And obviously with the whole Lisa thing, she was always with Lisa. And whenever there's like a pair, you're going to be on screen a little bit more. She doesn't have anybody. Nobody's really like Meredith Marks's best friend. She's got Seth. Yeah. There's their podcast hanging on by a thread. Honestly, I would say Meredith Marks is a housewife hanging on by a thread right now. That's <laughs> Do we need her on this show? Probably no, not. She's not doing much. I don't know. I mean, her and Mary can go. I agree, actually. And you know, funny she... putting them in the same sentence. That's really funny. I enjoyed that. Do you feel good? Yeah, I feel pretty Mary good. Mary and Mary. Yeah. But moving on from there, we get to Mary and Monica, and they're at Mary's house. And Mary gives good advice. Monica says it too. She doesn't follow her own advice, but she gives her good advice yep. here where she's like, look. And I think this is the best advice Monica could have gotten because she doesn't fully understand the crew that she's dealing with, right? If you wanted to be copacetic, if you wanted to be calm, if you want to be able to go on trips and stuff, you unfortunately are going to have to bite your tongue mm -hmm. and not say certain things. Not because they don't deserve to hear it. It's because they simply won't hear it. Lisa will not hear what your point is. Lisa will take exactly what you said and take it literally. As we see with this... <laughs> fucking ted bundy thing yeah she does not understand what you're trying to get through to her yep. so if you want to play the game of i want to get along with people you're gonna to have to eat some shit and i don't think monica is capable of doing that and i think that it's good advice for mary and it's hard to say and Surprising. i thought that this was a good scene for mary it was a good scene for mary but my takeaway was that mary felt and looked so much more comfortable sitting there with Monica than she did when Heather came over. I agree with when that. When Heather That's came over, she was a little antsy. She was waiting to just kind of come back at something that Heather was going to say, even if it was innocuous. She was still going to come back with some sort of snarky comment. These, This looked like two friends sitting down. This was weird. I did not expect this. I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> it made me feel unsettled. They were sitting there eating cake, and she was taking compliments for cake that she didn't that make. That was so funny. Which, She's is, like, which is the you. most merry thing of all time. Did you make it? No. No. 
but it's really delicious. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. I she really it. felt that thank you too. That was really funny to me, but they seemed so comfortable together. And as much as we kind of laughed at the fact that Monica looked at Mary and said, she's somebody that I want to be friends with. She's somebody that I feel like I don't want to get on the wrong side of, but I could sit next to her and make fun of some people. And I feel like I would get the real Mary out of this. It was true. Yeah. We're getting the real Mary out of this. I've never seen Mary give sound advice like that again. Now, again, she's not going to take it herself, but I don't know what exactly the whole Mary dynamic is this season at all. Even during this scene, I'm really confused. She kind of laid it out too, where she said she just needed some time away from everything so that she didn't say anything crazy. And I guess, I guess she was talking about the pornography comment that she made, even though that's what they showed. I think she could have been talking about sitting down with Whitney. She could have been talking about sitting down with Heather, talking, saying that she was inbred, all those all other things. It. There's just a lot going on. But the fact that she actually has some sort of wherewithal to understand that she made weird comments and she doesn't really want to do that, maybe she'll do something. Is she going on the Bermuda trip? Probably not, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Who was the one that was missing at the end when Monica Angie. was... Okay, all right, so Angie. So yeah, I don't think Mary's even going on the Bermuda trip. Never mind. I was thinking we might get more Mary towards the end, and maybe we'll see a different type of Mary. No. I don't know. I'm not holding no, out no, hope no, for it, but no, I'm just saying it could happen. Absolutely not. You don't think so? Okay. No chance. Right, uh, uh, no. But in the next scene, we get um, Whitney driving. This is where we find out that her friend Sherry has passed away. Mm -hmm. And it was really sad, really difficult to watch. Can't imagine what she's going through. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, that was all that really happened that scene. It's just that comes into play later. But genuinely difficult to watch. Seeing her find out about it was um, difficult to watch. I'm going to cut that. But then we get Lisa, JB, husband, boss, and Jack. And they're Mormon shopping, as I wrote down, because they need to buy Jack his mission clothes. I don't give and a shit about this scene. I don't either, except for one it doesn't thing. doesn't matter. They're not, he's not even fucking going to Columbia. He's not going to Columbia. He, this is... Uh, this aside, the mission aside, because he's not actually going on a mission. He, yeah. He's an OC doing something. We just they need don't, to talk about. Yes, you know exactly what. Yeah. We need to talk about the relationship between Lisa and her son and why he went on the mission to begin with, because he's making it very clear, at least to me. This mission is not about preaching the word of God. It's not that he gives a fuck about Mormonism. He wants to get away from his mom. And this was the easiest way to do that. I'm going on a mission for two years. And he, he's not a kid, clearly not a kid that thinks things through. And I'm not trying to bash a kid. No. Although he's 18 years old, so you fair game. I can bash some kids. But I know. Some level, like, yeah, I feel bad for Lisa because she just loves her son and wants right. to be like all over him and around him all the time, which is sweet. And he's a punk and like just wants to leave the, he wants to leave the nest and be taken seriously I, as yeah. a grown up. But <laughs> what I will say is I actually did feel bad for Lisa in this moment. Yeah. And, I, and we've yeah. talked about it before because we've known what it was since day one. Yeah. As soon as he started talking about it, we realized that he didn't tell Lisa originally. He told all of his friends. Obviously, he's fucking 18. He told his dad. Again, guy, dad, relationship, whatever. He knew about Lisa's dynamic and how she would react to everything. We understand all of that. Do I say it's right? No. I feel bad for Lisa. I do too. I feel bad for Lisa because Jack is an asshole. <laughs> he is. You can't sit there on camera and plain face tell your mom, I need to get away from you. You're that's a, fucked up, He dude. says you're kind of a lot, mom. Yeah, dickhead. Dude, You're that's your mom. Yeah, he's a loser. You but can feel a certain way. You know what, asshole? Don't you ever blast your Go mom. Go to Columbia. Go to Columbia. Yeah, have fun, dude. Have fun in Columbia with your Lululemon pants, and you're going to get robbed five times a day. Here was the funny thing, though. The one thing that he said where he's like, I'm going to go on this trip and live 
in poverty for two years and I'll come back and appreciate what I have. I was like, that would be really good for you, actually. It would be. Genuinely. said you went to Orange County where you're not going to live in poverty and you're not going to understand anything. Quite the flip of... You're going to meet up with Tamara and you're going to be even worse. You couldn't be more other end of the spectrum from Bogota, Colombia than Orange County. Seriously. But completely on brand. Anyway, now that we're done ripping apart a kid, let's move on to... um, At least I didn't make fun of his hair. (laughs) Get a haircut. We're moving on to Plated by Meredith. I always write Merrick because Meredith's too long to write, but uh, played it by Meredith and I was ready to drag her. I was so ready to drag her because she was like name because it sounds like a culinary thing kind of, but also because she made it seem like this was inexpensive jewelry for people that can't afford like fine jewelry. And the first price tag I saw, I I had to correct myself later, but the first price tag I saw was $1,800 for earrings. I was like, are you kidding me? Sure. It wasn't yen. What's up? Sure. It wasn't yen. No, it was $1,800, period. Why would it be yen? I don't know. Yen? Is that thing? Yuan? thing. Yen. That's a different currency. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to Currency Talk with the bros. Yeah, let's talk about what it. other currencies can we think of? The euro. Uh, British pound. Uh, oh, that's that's uh, gone. See ya. It's still circulating somewhere. <laughs> what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> Damn it. Oh. It turns out. That she actually does have a line of jewelry. That was just the fine jewelry, but she does have a line of jewelry. It's like 50 to $500. So I had to amend that. I was ready to tee off on her. And I was like, ah, I can't because she actually is selling well, cheaper jewelry. Is there 2% of that proceeds going to a sick child in Africa? I don't know. I didn't think so. Oh, Meredith, you're upset about it, but it's you're not giving <laughs> them any money. <laughs> yes. What a callback. It took me a second. <laughs> but anyway, Whitney arrives and this was cool. For me, I thought this was a big moment because she shows up. Her friend just passed away. She says Sherry would have shown up. Sherry showed up for me a week ago when she was battling cancer. If she can do that, I can show up to this. Why are you making a face? I, I don't know how you got through that. That was like she sells, she sells down by the seashore. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, I, I'm so impressed by you. Thank you so much. You can't say Instagram names, but you can say that sentence. I can say, there's certain things I'm very That was impressive. At. There are certain things I'm not good at. Yeah. But anyway, words. I thought that it was really cool for her to to show up, and that is such a huge step forward for the relationship between Meredith and Whitney. Yep. Only because Meredith is Meredith, and she will not be cool with Whitney without some grand gesture. Here it is. This is going to smooth things over. I think for a long time between seeing the two Meredith do a human thing is weird. Cry. Yeah. Yeah. Real strange. Comfort a friend when they're going through something. Weird to see. Yep. Yep. Gets a plus in my book. I know. It was a nice scene. And I it's just, it was really cool to watch her be strong enough and pretty much honor her friend by going and saying, if she's strong enough to do that, I can fucking do this. Yeah. And she did. And she was composed for the most part. She kept it together. It was just, you know, again, lots of flowers for, for Whitney Rose today. But then Lisa gets there. <laughs> And all the sweet sentiments go out the window because Lisa goes up to Heather, who's standing next to Whitney and has a big bag of weed and gummies and stuff. And she's hawking these products at Heather, doesn't even acknowledge Whitney. Whitney texted her the night before that Sherry passed away. She said it the night before. They'd been talking about it for days because I guess she had passed away like five days prior. They've been talking about it for days. She mentioned it the night before. Lisa does not even acknowledge it. And look, I did take the stance for a second of, is Lisa avoiding it because she doesn't know how Whitney's doing, doesn't want to rock the boat in a social setting? 
I did for a split second until I was like, she can at least give her a hug and say, hi, Whitney. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Give her a hug, comfort her. Yeah, at least he gets no passes. Zero passes. And I wasn't giving her a pass in that moment. I was just trying to think of it from an area of her not being a total asshole. Right. And that's my mistake. Because yes, people can be assholes on these shows, but not usually when it comes to something like that. No. Usually they do at least say something, especially if you've known about it for days and you know that it's coming and it has happened already. You said you sent her flowers in the morning and you don't follow up at That's all. What I mean. like it, it makes no sense to me. There's no excuse for going over to Heather and making light of some weed conversation and yeah. talking about this and that right in front of Whitney. You go to Whitney first. I don't give a shit that the excuse of, well, I don't know. And like, I don't deal with situations like this that well. No, that was, I don't know how was like, that's such bullshit. Cause then she used, she uses the word. She goes, it's really triggering for me. It's like the fact that you can take this moment. You don't do anything other than say, Hey Whitney, I'm so sorry. I should have acknowledged you in the moment. That's on me. Take the L. This is the biggest L that you've had. Fucking wear it because you deserve to wear it because you didn't acknowledge your friend's feelings who just lost her best friend. If you get caught up in a moment where you fucked it up, just say sorry. Instead, Lisa has to defend herself no matter what the cost is. She has to be in the right. She has to be the one that is being wronged by somebody else. Mm -hmm. Guess what, Lisa? In this moment, you have no rebuttal. You messed up. And it's okay. People do make mistakes. You said that. People make mistakes. They do. But a real person, a good person, and you claim to be a good person. Every time you get caught in some shit, you claim, I'm a good person. But then when the moment comes to be a good person, you balk and do something stupid and try to defend yourself. You were wrong. Your friend lost her best friend. Be a grown-up. Say, I'm so sorry. I will be better. By the way, I did send you flowers. It does not apply excuse my behavior right now you don't even have to mention the fact that you brought the flowers you don't really have to but if you're gonna bring it up you use that to say it doesn't excuse anything i should have checked on you the minute i arrived instead as usual and as whitney calls out repeatedly and thank god i was so like whitney came through the scene because she's just like even in whitney's current state even in whitney's current state she was still able to come through and guess what lisa you know who's not uplifting women in this moment you you you, it's on camera. Yep. You're only talking about yourself. And I feel like the nail in the coffin for the argument of Lisa only cares about herself is this moment. Yes, clearly you did not want to deal with Whitney because you didn't know what was going on. It's a shitty stance to make. There's no excuse involved there. You're kind of a terrible person for that. But that doesn't mean that you're all about yourself. That could mean a lot of different things. Once you go to the confessional and you start talking about how, well, you know, it's very triggering for me personally, you're now making Whitney's friend's death about you. How the fuck did we get there? There are so many different avenues there, and she still found a way to make it come back to her. That's insane. That's narcissistic behavior, which we've seen all season, and we've seen it in the past. We gave her a pass because of the Meredith thing, but now you've got a whole season here where you're just talking about yourself the entire time. Somebody finally called you out about it, and you're really going to be upset about that? You're going to cry and rip the, your mouth off. I think off. the funniest part was when JB husband boss walks in and starts talking to her. She, she shuts the door on him. She shuts the door on him, but then he asked what happened. She said, what, he said that I only care about myself. He didn't say, oh, well, that's bullshit. He said, well, what happened? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because he knows. Flashback to the scene of him trying to talk to her, and she stops every scene where he tries to talk to her. But that one was like the perfect picture mm-hmm. of who she is because he's that's your husband. You started the conversation. Two of those scenes, middle of the conversation, you pick your phone up and start texting as he's responding to you. There's the one in the car in the first episode, and then there's the one where she's sitting on the bed in their bedroom. That's right. That's two right. Two scenes, two separate scenes, same behavior. And look, here's my thing. 
and you know me, and I will always be this person because it's who I am. I want Lisa to be a better person. I don't want to believe that she does not have a decent heart in there somewhere. I don't want to believe that she's so far up her own ass that she can't even comfort a friend after she lost her best friend. Yeah. I don't want to believe that about anybody, especially somebody who I've enjoyed watching for seasons, multiple seasons. I've been Team Lisa. I and now it, I'm watching this and it's like, what the hell, dude? Like, how does this, and maybe it's always been there and because of Meredith, I haven't seen it or maybe, nobody's seen it. Yeah. But at the same time. But I think that's part of it because we wanted her to have a good season standing alone. Correct. And now this is what she's doing. And it's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's, it's almost the same thing as the Heather thing. Oh, man. We really know is. that there's a possibility there that it could be good and they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. It's making for a really but good season. Really good season. And, you know, we do at least get Monica and Lisa made up enough to the point where they're going to go to Bermuda. Really good at apologizing. Yeah. Oh, Meaning you just stroked my ego for five minutes. That, You're such a good apologizer. so frustrating, man, because you sit there and all, and maybe, this is where Monica is the street smart one of the group. Like yeah. She does know how things work because she knows how to get through to Lisa. I'm going to S your D right now. And make you feel like you're the coolest, most accomplished, prettiest woman in the world because you will forgive me for anything. Mm -hmm. She could have said, fuck your husband and your kid. They suck. And if she came back and said those same nice things about Lisa, she'd be like, oh my God, keep apologizing. Keep this up. Yeah. Don't stop ever. Exactly. Because all she wants to hear is her praise. And I'm trying to hold on to hope that because she was in... Meredith's shadow and treated a certain way for so long that this is just her acting out because now she has the spotlight. Do I believe that? No. It's just a correction curve. Maybe. That's what I want, right? That's what you want. I don't think that's I don't happening. Think it is, though. I, I think don't, I think we're just seeing who she is. Yeah, don't call me stupid. No, I'm not I don't nope. think that's happening. Yep. But that's what I want to be happening. I get it. But all in all, it's a great fucking it's season. It's a good show. <laughs> But that takes us to the question portion of the show, and we've got a bunch, so let's jump right in. Up first from K Sparklick. Oh, I did this before. It's K Sparkle K. Sparklick. K Sparklick. You are forever now, K Sparklick. Is Heather Gretchen Wieners in real life? <laughs> yeah, honestly. There's a lot of connections. Yeah, there's a lot of connections That's to that one. Good one. I like that one. I like that question a lot. I honestly, I don't even want to. I don't even want to ruin the question by answering that. Oh, That's just a great question. Good question. Thanks, Sparklick. From Champagne Chic, do you think Potomac is going down the same path as Roan Jay with the divided cast? No. No, I because don't. the families aren't really getting involved and there's not. I mean, the families are, but it's not like with the, the husbands aren't getting involved, I no, should say. Yeah. I, well, no, it's they not tried. true. They tried. It didn't work. That's not true. That's uh, not true. Oh, I was answering for Salt Lake. Yeah, no, no, no. Potomac. Mm. I don't think no. it's reached that level because you don't have in Jersey. It's two very clear factions. You're either team yeah. Melissa and she has her minions or your team Teresa and she has her minions. This group doesn't have that dynamic. Most of these women stand on their own two feet or try to, at least you don't really have, you got the green eyed bandits is their own little thing. Yeah. You got Karen and you don't people, have the blind loyalty in this. one. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, people will From the change. fans or the people on the show. Yeah. People yeah. will change their opinion. So no, I don't think so. But it's not a bad question. From Edarinda Headlights. A deer in... Oh! A deer in headlights? A deer in the headlights. E-D-I-R-I-N-D-A. A deer in... I'm assuming their name is a deer. 
I'm so sorry for butchering. You've asked the question before, and I have butchered it multiple times. So I finally got it. A deer in the headlights. Again, see, earlier, I am a wordsmith. I can take a seashell, seashells down by the seashore and say it perfectly. But if you put a name on here, I don't understand. <laughs> it's a disaster. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> what do you think I'm laughing at you? I can't. I try so hard. <laughs> but on to the question from a deer into headlights. Is it me or does Whitney seem more inauthentic or extra this year? I believe NECA. I think we all do, honestly. I think if you're on the right part of this show right now, then yeah, I'm on that same page. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's making me question Wendy's behavior in the past. And has she been authentic in the past? Do we know? Am I going to go back and watch? Probably not. That's actually a good point. I don't think Could have that... just been blind to it, honestly. Yeah, There's been, and... just been so much else going on and... A lot of the times, I feel like there were people attacking her, and they didn't really need to, and there was no necessity to do it. I I don't know if I've ever like. I don't she think Wendy's been, been super authentic always. I don't get that from her ever. She hasn't I been super important on the show either. So, but I think that she's been more of a like she wants to put on her image, like she wants to tell you who she is. She wants you to yeah. see her as Doctor Wendy, which, by all intents and purposes, yeah, you deserve the respect. You're a doctor. However, she a medical doctor. That was a really funny dig. No, she's not. She's a doctor of My philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's the root of it. I think she wants the image of who she thinks she is versus I, we haven't really gotten like a very emotional breakdown, Wendy. No. We've even gotten a, a hot mic moment where she, after saying one thing to Giselle, immediately flip flops as she leaves the room because she had a hot right. mic. So I don't know how genuine she's ever been. It's a good point. The last thing I want to read, this is not a question, but this comes from my brother, Stone. And he says, I just felt I should put this out there for Craig and for Shooter. And he sent me a screenshot and it says, Tornadoes occur in many parts of the world, including Australia, Europe, Africa, Asia, and South America. So, for you and Craig, if you haven't listened to our conspiracy segment from our Craig interview... These two idiots said that tornadoes only happen. Hey, Stone, why don't you keep your science out of our conspiracies? All right, pal? Hey, he's he's a professional baseball player, and he's smart. And a really good screenshotter. Yeah, he screenshotted the shit out of this. Thanks, Stone. I appreciate you, dude. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's funny. But that's all we got. You got anything else? Nope. I am good. All right. Well, don't forget, as we said in the beginning of the episode, we have our very first standalone live show so please go to our instagram the link is in the bio buy your tickets come support us it's our first solo show we needed to do well i'm just gonna level with you we got it we needed to do well we need you guys to come out and support so please support the bros come out for a really fun show other than that we'll see you's shit tomorrow tomorrow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back, to back to back to back to back to back to back bro bros out here see ya. Thank you.